Neuro raises $600 million, McDonald's and Friend Gaming, and Coca-Cola tells us what guests want post the pandemic. That's all ahead on this week's Monday Minute. Monday Minute works like this. We're going to talk about the top headlines from the last week and get our take on it. Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, Meredith, the first question is for you this week. Uh, Coca-Cola have revealed some analysis about what guests want. So what do the guests want, Meredith? Uh, I love the survey that uh, Coca-Cola did of consumers. And the reason I love it is because um, it's all positive. And frankly, it's stuff that we've been saying for a while, which is as COVID recedes and life goes back to quote unquote normal, it won't be normal, but it will be new normal in a great way for restaurants. And that is to say that there's a ton of pent up demand for going out and dining in. Uh, And so we'll start to see that uh, come back. But the new behaviors that were learned during COVID in terms of off-premise dining aren't gonna go away. So they actually um, surveyed consumers and found that their pre-COVID versus post-COVID behavior they actually, consumers report, are going to go out more because they spent so long not going out, they want to get back together with their friends, go to their favorite restaurants, and be social like they used to. But in addition to that, various forms of off-premise, including delivery, takeout, and curbside pickup, are um, self-reported to be two times higher than what consumers did pre-COVID. That's pretty exciting. That's a lot of incremental demand for restaurants. And I think great news that the industry will rebound. Now, there is a little um, funny thing kind of buried in the survey where consumers self-report that they think other people are going to go out more than they themselves are going to go out. Um, so that that maybe uh, says that it's not quite as rosy as the survey first makes it appear. Um, but I think good news all around for restaurants. All right, next question is for you, Carl. Um, so Neuro has raised a further $600 million in funding this week. What's the latest with this company? Yeah, $600 million. You know, this is building on the $500 million they raised last year. It's now valued, I think, around $8.6 billion. Uh, investors include Google, SoftBank, uh, Toyota Motors, uh, their woven capital aspects, and then Tiger Global are leading this. So it's, you know, big names behind uh, Neuro. And uh, when you look at their partner base, even bigger names, you've got folks like FedEx, Kroger, Domino's are testing with them in Houston, Chipotle, CVS, Walmart. They've got a five-year strategic partnership with Google Cloud. So what on earth is uh, Neuro all about? Well, it's the advent of automated vehicles. Um, their vehicles, let me bring up one here so you guys can see. This thing called the Neuro R2 has sensors everywhere on it. No mirrors, as you can see, no windshield wipers, no steering wheels. It's about nine feet long and it travels 25 miles an hour and can, basically can carry about 400 pounds worth of different products. So pretty crazy, isn't it? That you're seeing this kind of stuff now appear. And it's not just these guys. There's plenty out there. Google have their wing units, their flying drones. They've also got Waymo, which I think is going to be like the operating system for a lot of automated vehicles going forwards. And Waymo, I think, are going to try larger freight vehicles. So there's a a watch out there for the truck drivers because this is uh, potentially a big career threat for them going forwards. And then there are other companies out there that we feature in our book called Starship that are are utilizing sidewalks as opposed to, to roads. So 
it's kind of an interesting one for me, this Meredith. As you know, I love all this stuff, um, but it's it's not perfect. Uh, you, we've got to think about the fact there's a lot of research happening in, in this space. It was only a couple of weeks ago, some Waymo vehicles got stuck in a cul-de-sac in San Francisco. In the middle of the night, there was five or six different Waymo vehicles thinking, how do we get out of this cul-de-sac? And so there's still some research happening, a lot of research happening, uh, that's, that's for sure. But the future is coming. There's no way that we're having investments of this level and size without automated vehicles being part of our future. And of course, this, of course, helps restaurants uh, in terms of delivery, but it's going to help every vertical. Anything that gets delivered can obviously be utilizing the, the R2 here. So uh, exciting times and a great fundraise for, for Neuro. Okay, our third question is an article that was published on QSR about what customers are thinking about ghost kitchens and virtual brands. Now, a few years ago, many customers would probably would never even heard of a ghost kitchen before. So what's their verdict? Yeah, I, I just love this article. I thought it was great. Again, it's consumer research. And um, I always find going directly to the source and asking people what they think is fascinating. This article is written by a woman named Sherry Kimes, who's a professor with Cornell in their hospitality school. And the survey that they did asked consumers what they think about virtual brands and ghost kitchens. And their awareness of these two things is still relatively low. Um, you know, I think within our network, we think they're everywhere, but uh, for many consumers, it's not part of their daily lives yet. But they asked um, some concepts about, you know, what if the food came to you like this? What if it was cooked here? What if it was, you know, you'd never heard of the brand before? Asked some different ways, um, painted some scenarios for consumers to help them understand. And the key takeaway from the survey was that the most important factor to people, regardless of the scenario that was described, was all that matters is that the food is good. People didn't care as much about the connection with the restaurant. They weren't as concerned about, say, um, you know, food safety or potentially not knowing where the food came from. They just didn't really care where the food was made. And as she says, the results were extremely thought provoking. I'm gonna quote directly from her. If customers really don't care where their food is made, what implications does this have for the restaurant industry? And I think taken together with the, the neuro um, piece that we, we just talked about and some of the other funding news that we've covered here on the Monday Minute in the, in the last few weeks, when we try to imagine um, the future with the existing infrastructure that's there, it's very hard to imagine something that's radically different. But I think when you see autonomous vehicles, ghost kitchens, virtual brands, all of these things coming together, you can imagine a future that is radically different from what we've experienced um, so far in our lives. So it's pretty exciting about the um, amount of change that's coming, but it is, as um, Sherry says, very thought provoking for the restaurant industry itself. Um, if that restaurant location um, those four walls, that branded experience doesn't matter as much to consumers. Uh, how does that mean restaurants exist going forward? Um, and I, I believe they will continue to, which is a, a subject for another day, but um, definitely something that's worth thinking about. So McDonald's is approaching Thanksgiving a little differently this year. Um, tell us about their friends gaming approach and what they're planning to do. Yeah, I love Friendsgiving, Meredith. I don't know whether you do Friendsgiving, but Friendsgiving, of course, is what uh, many people prefer to be able to do, hang out with <laughs> their friends versus their families. And uh, I'm looking forward to that this year. But McDonald's are coining this phrase, 
Friends Gaming because they've teamed up with a company called FaZe Clan in promoting their latest line of crispy chicken sandwiches and this online live streaming gaming platform. Now, many ways, this actually isn't too unusual. The QSRs often team up with big movie franchises or game announcements. And so you could argue it's a bit of a PR stunt, a little bit like Burger King were doing with NFTs a few weeks ago. And no wonder why, because it certainly gets attention. But what I do like about it is the way in which restaurants are taking themselves into the environments where the younger people are hanging out, the virtual environments where they're hanging out. And I really like this article because I wanted to put my futurist hat on with you for a few moments and, and see a, a bit of a way of how this perhaps may play out in, in the years ahead. And what I mean by this is that when consumers are experience, uh, experiencing other types of media, when they're perhaps playing a game, um, perhaps when they're watching television, like we feature in our book, when the Discovery Channel talk about dynamic advertising that link with the programming content, or when you're watching a, an Italian cooking show on Netflix and suddenly you get a text message about the latest Italian dish from your local. All of these kind of things are starting to immerse ourselves in connecting people to their food with what they're consuming from a media standpoint. And so we've heard about Facebook in the news in the last kind of week or two with the metaverse. I mean, imagine a world, for example, where you're perhaps owning a McDonald's franchise in a metaverse, uh, whereby <laughs> your game character is refueling or rehealing themselves by going to a McDonald's franchise. And at the same time, you're ordering your food for delivery from McDonald's. And take it a level further and say that perhaps then that actual McDonald's franchise in that metaverse is earning you money when other gamers come to that same location to do exactly that same experience. This is the way in which this kind of concept of the metaverse is starting to immerse itself in kind of modern culture. And it's going to be fascinating to see the way in which it impacts restaurants too. Okay, our last question this week, Meredith, is for you. Amazon Fresh are gaining a core group of shoppers, according to a latest report. Uh, so what does this mean for other grocers and what does it mean for restaurants? Yeah, Amazon's doing so much to radically change the grocery industry. And specifically, this article was about the physical locations that Amazon has been opening up. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with them, uh, Carl will be doing a walkthrough video of his experience shopping at an Amazon location. And it is absolutely fascinating because it is so different from what all of us have experienced before. Um, the fact that they're starting to gain a, a core group of shoppers, as they say, I think shows you that the consumer is flexible and the consumer is looking for things that are more efficient, things that are better value. And I think Amazon Fresh delivers on both of those um, in how it goes about um, recreating the grocery experience. So uh, I'm pretty excited to see this one. I can't wait to see your video, Carl. We'll look for that coming out soon. And um, in terms of what it means for restaurants and for grocery, you know, I think for grocery, they're going to have to react and they're going to have to rethink how this experience um, for grocery shopping really should be in the future going forward. You know, we also, I think in the past, have talked about robotics at the Kroger warehouses and all kinds of cool things. So I, I think they're making progress on it and thinking about it. But um, you know, 20 years from now, how you and I get groceries every day is going to be so different from how it's been over the last 20 years. Um, and for restaurants, I think that same level of convenience, automation, and just really consumer frictionless uh, approach needs to be front and center in how restaurants are going to market digitally. 
Okay, everyone. Well, thank you as always for listening to our Monday Minute. Uh, next week, we are going to Food on Demand. And so we're going to be talking about some of the top topics that we hear about from a great panel of people that are coming, leaders across the industry. So hopefully you'll tune in to us next week. And if you haven't already liked, subscribed and shared our Monday Minutes, please do so through the links below. Please give your questions. We look forward to hearing from you and your comments about what you agree and what you disagree with. But until next week, it's bye from both of us. Oh, 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 oh,